Are you ready, Ma? I'm ready, Erin. Let's go. Let's go to Iowa. Iowa? We start our movie this week in Iowa. I, as the movie came on, I said, are they going to start this movie showing sweeping waves of grain? And they did. And they did. And I was like, Sweeping waves of wheat. Iowa. Our movie this week is my, actually, Poppy's Pick. Mm -hmm. The 1995 HBO movie, The Tuskegee Airmen. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, beginning, the, the quote for it says, this, this is the story of the fighting 99th, the first squadron of African-American U.S. Army Air Corps fighter pilots in World War II, based on a true story. Yes. Particulars, please. The particulars. Um, the release date, so I don't know if this was the, if it premiered anywhere else or this was the date that it came on television, but August 26th, 1995. Okay. It was directed by Robert Markowitz. He mm -hmm. was known for television films. He did a television film of Phantom of the Opera. He did a television film called Too Young to Die, because there's a question mark in Too the Young title. Too Young to Die? Too Young to Die? And that starred Brad Pitt and Juliette Lewis. Wow. And then he did Decoration Day, starring James Gardner and Ruby Dee and Lawrence Fishburne. Whoa. And then he did... He did a movie, a television movie, The Great Gatsby, in 2000 on A&E. And he did The Pilot's Wife. And then he did this film. This is my favorite title of a movie that I've come across in a very long time. It starred Ann Archer and John Hurd. And the name of it is, I gave it to a straight face. I love this title so much. <clears throat> Excuse me. Because mommy works. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I was laughing so hard at the laundromat when I saw a movie called Because Mommy Works. <laughs> apparently, That's why you need money for therapy. Apparently it's about the, um, it's like a social film and it's about how these women were, weren't, were getting their children taken away from them in custody battles because mommy works. Oh my God. And I was just like, yeah, that's why you have braces because mommy works. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you have food on your plate because mommy works. <laughs> wow. I was just like, man, those were the times. Those were the days. So it was first conceived and written as a manuscript by Robert Waylon Williams. He was a wartime pilot and he was an actual Tuskegee Airman. And he wrote a manuscript and T.S. Cook, who also wrote The China Syndrome, Airwolf, Beretta and the Paper Chase. He took it to T.S. Cook and it took like about over 10 years to finally get financing and then other people worked on it like Paris Qualls 
who he did a whole bunch of TV shows. Like he wrote for Law and Order, Quantum Leap, China Beach, uh, Trey Ellis. He wrote that movie with Whoopi Goldberg on TV, Good Fences. He co-wrote The Inkwell under a pseudonym, Tom Rico Stranza. Tom Rico Stranza. That was his pen name. Yeah. There has to be some interesting story with that, but I was like, eye on the prize, Aaron. There's a lot of particulars. (laughs) No rabbit holes. Yeah. Oh, and Ron Hutchinson, he wrote the Josephine Baker story, The Burning Season, The Island of Dr. Moreau. So quite a a lot of people have writing credits on this film. Okay. The music was by Lee Holdridge. He wrote the theme song for Moonlighting. Wow. He also did the theme song and music for the 1989 television series Beauty and the Beast, which I know you used to like that. The Beastmaster, Splash, and Big Business are also things he worked on. Their director of photography is Ron Oreo. (laughs) (laughs) It might not be. It's spelled O-R-I-E-U-X. Yeah, I would would go. So, Oreo. Um, he doesn't have a Wikipedia page yet, so if anyone listening knows of Mr. Ron Oreo's oeuvre, please uh, get in touch with Wikipedia. And also the same for editor David Beatty. Oh, man. Who isn't in this film? Yeah. I mean, so we have Lawrence Fishburne playing Captain Hannibal Iowa Lee Jr. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, Lawrence Fishburne has been a very busy man. These are all of the films that he was in prior to this movie. He had already done Apocalypse Now, The Color Purple, School Days, Boys in the Hood, What's Love Got to Do With It, and Searching for Bobby Fischer before this movie. So he was already a star. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, after that, you know him from Morpheus. You know him from, you just know the man. You know the man. Then we have Alan Payne. He played Cadet Walter Peoples. Before this movie, He, you already knew him from New Jack City, Jason's Lyric. Before that, you knew him from The Cosby Show in a Different World. So you knew who this guy was. Then we have Malcolm Jamal Warner. As mm-hmm. Lieutenant Leroy Cappy. Everybody knows as soon as you see him, you're like, that's Theo. It's Theo. He was Theo Huxtable in the Cosby show. He was in Malcolm and Eddie. You've seen him lately, more recently on The Resident. <sighs> Man. Then we have Courtney B. Vance. Yes. Second Lieutenant Glenn. You know him. He was in already before this movie. He was in Hamburger Hill, The Hunt for the Red October. You also heard him as the narrator in Isle of Dogs. You've seen him on Law and Order. You've seen him on ER. He even popped up in Scandal. And you know him from playing Johnny Cochran. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. 
in The People versus O.J. Simpson. And who is he married to? And he is Mr. Angela Bassett. Damn. Then you have Andre Brower. <laughs> he plays Benjamin O. Davis Jr. When this was on, I already knew who this guy was, too. He was in Homicide, Life on the Streets. He was in Glory, Primal Fear. Now, if you're younger, you probably know him from that show, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yes. Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> Billy A-Train Roberts. Before you'd even seen this movie, you would have known Cuba Gooding Jr. from Boys in the Hood. You'd seen him in A Few Good Men. Outbreak came out the same year as this movie, and a year later, you would see him win an Oscar being in Jerry Maguire. Yeah. Most recently, he was, I'm not black, I'm OJ, in The People versus OJ Simpson. Mm-hmm. We have Mackay Pfeiffer. He played Lewis Johns. I think this was Mackay Pfeiffer's first movie. Ah. You know him from 8 Mile. He gets name-checked in the song by Eminem. It's, this is real life. There's no Mackay Pfeiffer. He's in ER, Clockers, Soul Food. I know what you did last summer. Oh. Then you have uh, Christopher McDonald, who played Major Sherman Joy. Now, a lot of people know him as Shooter McGavin in Happy Gilmore. He was also in Quiz Show. He's been in so many things, and people tend to really like this guy. But because I saw Thelma and Louise, and then I saw this movie, I've always been been very slow to warm up to Mr. Christopher McDonald. Yeah, he's easy to hate. And because the first... In Thelma and Louise, he was an abusive a-hole... And then in this movie, he's a racist a-hole. So <laughs> those are the first two th- things that I see you in, buddy. I'm always going to be very, very skeptical of you. Mm-hmm. <sighs> then we have Daniel Hugh Kelly. He played Colonel Rogers. He was in a bunch of Law and Order, Walker, Texas Ranger, Boston Legal. You have Rosemary Murphy. She played Eleanor Roosevelt. She was also in To Kill a Mockingbird. Hmm. And Mighty Aphrodite and another HBO movie from the early 90s called And the Band Played On about the AIDS crisis. And then you have another man. And I should probably set up the Aaron Bush. You might be a really good actor, but in my mind, you're a racist Hall of Fame. (laughs) (laughs) Because Christopher McDonald gets in, as does one John Lithgow. Yeah. He played Senator Conyers. And before this movie, I had seen John Lithgow in Footloose as the reverend who's against dancing. So that's a hard look from a guy. (laughs) Then he was in Harry and the Hendersons trying to win back some sympathy until he tells Harry to go on, get out of here, even though it was for his own good. He was also in Ricochet, and I'm pretty sure he was the bad guy in that. And he's a he's a bad guy in a lot of stuff. 
But then he tried to, to like soften his image up right after this film because he might have been like, I like probably a lot of black women were giving him the side eye for a very <laughs> long time. And so he was like, I got to do a comedy. So he did that NBC comedy, Third Rock from the Sun, mm-hmm. trying to ingratiate himself. And then he was like, everyone's forgotten about my bad guy roles. I'm going to do another bad guy role. And then he showed up in Dexter. And I'm like, the same old Lithgow. Yeah. The same old Lithgow. Leopard doesn't change his stripes. I mean. spots or whatever. (laughs) You know who's another one? Just to go on a sidetrack because it was all, I had the help on. As, while I was making my dinner and stuff last night before I watched the movie. And I'm like, aha, Dallas Bryce Howard. That's why I have beef with you. I could, because she's, she's yeah. in the Jurassic Park movies. And I'm like, why am I giving this woman the side eye? Like, why am I just not liking her? And then, yeah. it's, then she, I'm like, that's right. She was mm-hmm. the bitch in the help. And she, she was, the pie. and she was a little too good in that role for my taste. <laughs> okay. So those are the particulars. All right. Well, the movie starts in Iowa in a wheat field. And there is a young boy playing with his model biplane. And just then a real biplane flies over and he, he gets up and runs after it. And that is the young Lawrence Fishburne, uh, aforementioned Hannibal Lee. Mm-hmm. Next scene, he's grown up and he's packing his bags to go off to war. Uh, well, actually, it is to Tuskegee, which, again, is a kind of a war. <laughs> so his dad gives him his gold watch, you know, because you never know if you're going to see him again. Well, he's on a train to Chicago when Cuba Gooding Jr. gets on, who is all personality. And he, well, yeah, because uh, he gets to Chicago. So when he left, all these people are saying goodbye to him. And you. it was interesting because you knew... Oh, they're in Iowa. This is like the black family in Iowa. Yeah, because all those white people were saying goodbye. Because all his the friends of his family and stuff were all white people, and so then he, they they pull in the train to Chicago, and A Train gets on. His name's A Train because that's how you get to Harlem. So he and like, yeah, so they're they're all heading down. So he is Mister Personality, and then. Um, Walter Peoples gets on. He was an aeronautical engineer. Yeah, he's very stuck up. Has a stick up his butt. I believe he's very bougie. He has, yeah, he has already uh, piloted a plane before. Yes. He has his pilot's license. Yeah. And so he knows that he is going to be the head of the entire group. So just leave him alone. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, they're all on their way to Tuskegee and they start talking about what they did in college because they all came out of college. Hannibal Lee was pre-med. So you go, well, wow. Damn. He didn't just come off the wheat field. <laughs> um. As soon as they cross the Mason-Dixon line, they have to get off the train and get in segregated uh, train cars. 
and they find that German prisoners of war are taking their place in the white cars. But how did the German prisoners of war get here? Herr Frenzel was a prisoner of war in Kansas. Oh, they shipped them back over here? Mm-hmm. Some of them. Wow, Kansas. Yeah, that mm -hmm. is like the... Well, he said it was the asshole of the world, and yeah. he had been in Russia, uh, Siberia. Yeah. Damn. Because it was so hot in the summer and so cold in the winter. Yeah, that's Kansas for you. But he said he got to learn English for free. Other people had to pay to learn English. He got to learn it for free. And he, I think, was able to get gold for Frau Frenzel's wedding ring when he was a prisoner of war. Well, I don't I, know if he took it out of people, dead people's <laughs> teeth or something, but hey. Huh. Well, and at <laughs> least I, I would guess that the Americans would treat you better than the Russians. That He said that, that he felt that he had been treated very nicely. Oh, and, you know, from this, this movie taught me that they treated the, the uh, German prisoners of war better than they treat black people. So Exactly. I, exactly. Yeah, sign me up. <laughs> Somebody be like, can we go be, fight for the Germans and then get treated better? And they'll be like, nope, because you're still black. Like, oh. <laughs> and if their side won, whoa, you, you would be in the thick of it then. Oh. Okay, well, they arrive at Tuskegee uh, Airfield, and they learn that they are going to be trained and then evaluated to become pirates. And <laughs> wait, wait, wait. No, ma. Pilots. Pilots. Not pirates. I, uh, I said pilots. <laughs> you said pirates. Okay, I meant to say pilots. <laughs> and they are an experiment, and a said um, racist dude had a lot of you people in his little speech to him. Yes. Okay, then we meet Courtney B. Vance, who is a lieutenant already. There's a lot of smoking. Yeah. And we find out that all of them had gone to college. Mm -hmm. So I asked our, um, our poppy about that. And he said, yes, this group of, this group of guys had all been like uh, in, a, in flight. Before they go to flight school, they were in like an ROTC. Yeah. So um, there were sergeant pilots, but this did not uh, concentrate on them. Oh, okay. Okay? Yes. Okay. These were the officer pilots. These were the officer pilots, right. And it was an experiment to see if it was going to work. We're not so sure. They, you know. You have, people. You people have smaller blood vessels in your head, allegedly. Which means and the major had said that the test score, because they had all taken uh, a test to be accepted, and the major said and these scores can't be right. None, nobody was, nobody scored under ninety five percent. I think they cheated somehow. So I'm giving them the test again. Mm -hmm. And, then, and, and he, they looked at it and they were like, "We've already taken this test," and and he was being his own. I don't care. And then they took the test and they're like. No one got under a 95 again. In fact, everyone scored higher because they'd already taken this test before. <laughs> exactly. So then he's mad. Oh. Uh, he was kind of showing up. So he gets the um, 
the stick. <laughs> How perfect. The guy, uh, they, they nicknamed Walter Peoples stick because he was reading stick and rudder. Mm -hmm. And, um, and he had a, acted like he had a stick up his butt. Exactly. My point. And so, uh, the major goes, I'm taking stick up in the biplane. I'm going to make him sick. Oh I'm yeah. Because, because stick had uh, like kind of shown him up because this guy was like, oh, you blah, blah, blah. And Stick's like, I already have my pilot's license. I am, yeah. a, I am a pilot already. Oh, and he didn't want to hear that. So he's like, oh, yeah, you're a pilot. So he's taking him up, trying to make him feel like G-forces, trying to make him puke. And he looks back and Stick's like, we're not going to do a loop? And he's just like, oh, again. Yeah. Oh, why are you gone? Okay, well, then we have um, somebody crashes into a building. Well, that was Mackay Pfeiffer, so this is his first film. So I'm thinking Mackay Pfeiffer's not going to last long. Because yeah, and he didn't. He didn't. He, he ended up stalling and crashed into the field. Yeah. Like, oh. And so um, that, and then another dude was leaving, so Malcolm Jamal Warner is happy yes yes he's making his bed i thought he was packing because he was like hey you know people are leaving left and right because they're seeing how dangerous this is and a third of us are already gone um but um lawrence fishburne talks him into staying well i thought that peoples talked him into staying because i Maybe thought peoples, peoples came over and peoples was like you're you're doing this they want you to fail but you're doing this for yourself and you're doing this for your people. And all the people who say that we can't do this. You're going to yeah. let all these people down? He's like, no, you're not. Now, get yourself together. And he does. Mm -hmm. And so um, we there are lots of pictures of flights and lots of pictures of classes. And then Cadet Peoples, the showboat, he um, gets up in a formation and he showboats yeah he, they're having they're having like fun they're like maneuvering and doing these things and practicing their moves and stuff and then he's going to buzz the field and iowa aka hannibal aka lawrence fishburne is like you're not people you're not allowed to do that don't go do that don't no that's against the rules and <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne, a.k.a. Aaron Bush. <laughs> he really was. He was he tapped really was. into the straighten up and fly right. Come on. <laughs> and look what happened to Peoples. Peoples was like, no. I, and so he buzzed it. And then finally, and guess who happened to see it? Old Major, old Christopher McDonald. Racist Major racist major sees it and smiles to himself and you're like oh peoples yeah, yeah. <sighs> they cut him from the program so then they're like but yeah they cut him from the program and they make courtney b vance go do it and courtney b vance tried to save him he tried he tried and and he was like no and and he's and then peoples runs out and theo is like what the hell? And and you could tell it's like, oh man, Courtney B. Vance is hurting. 
And he was like, there's no room for error. And, and Theo's like, there's no room for anything. Jeez. Like, don't you think we know this? He made one mistake. If he was a white pilot, he wouldn't be getting tossed out of this. Mm-hmm. But he's not. And that's exactly why he's getting tossed out. So what does Peoples do? Oh, there's an airplane that somebody's working on, the ground crew, and it's a run-in. So he goes and jumps in it because he can't go back home. So So, death by crashing. He steals a plane and crashes it. Not a good look, peoples. Not a good look for the program, I got to say. No. That was one time he wasn't looking out for anybody, but himself. People himself. (laughs) Finally dislodged that stick from his butt, though. Yeah, made a fiery explosion. And somebody says, "Well, the major set out to break him, and they did, because it's the old adage: got to be better than anybody else." Yeah, but but I think that people's he just really handled it poorly. He did. He, he, I mean, that was just all ego. Yeah. He just let his ego go for it. And he just threw a temper tantrum. Yeah. And as, as people who think that they're better than everybody else tend to do. Yeah, that's very true. And actually, Courtney B. Vance said he was the best pilot of all of them. Yeah. But they had to let him go. You know, because fine, got him. He was like, yeah. And then somebody said, because um, uh, the guys were all upset about it, of course, because they'd all gotten close. And somebody says to him, "The I think it might be Courtney B. Vance said, the only protection you have against losing a friend is not having one. Courtney B. Vance did say that. So that was like, you know, mm. this is not your family. Okay. This is war. Turn to the right and turn to the left. One yeah. of those guys ain't going to be around. Or maybe it's even both of these guys ain't going to be around. I don't know. But, yeah. Whew. Okay, we're in flight training. Cappy got to put the plane down. Uh, oh, Cappy has uh, something goes wrong with his plane. And so he has to put it down. And, and they see a, um, a road, a long stretch of road. So he puts it down on the long stretch of road. And... There's a prisoner road crew. Um, surprisingly enough, in Tuskegee, Alabama, all of the prisoners were black. And so um, the everybody watches this plane land on this on this road, and the road crew's got to get out of the way. And the bosses are all like, yeah, oh, cool. And oh, that's one out. of our boys. I believe that's one of our boys. And they could not believe that they were black pilots. And the, And the road crew were like, one guy was actually had tears in his eyes. I had he, tears in my eyes. Don't oh look at me. God. Yeah. Yeah. Because he and they, you know, lot, lots of N-words flying about this film. Oh, there were lots of N-words. By white people. Yeah. And uh, and somebody said, well, them's colored flyers. Well, they got their wings and um, they are now commissioned in the U.S. Army Air Corps Aviators. Mm-hmm. Then we go to Washington, D.C., where we have the aforementioned <sighs> big Ed, Conyers, Senator Conyers, who has done a scientific study of the Negro intelligence 
and um, has has found through all this scientific study that that the Negro brain just doesn't work the same and is definitely inferior and and well, Ma, it's has, because the the blood vessels are smaller in the brain, so therefore there's less blood, therefore less oxygen getting to the brain, so it's can't it can't function as well as a white brain. Right, and there was something else that was equally ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I don't know. After uh, after I got to that bullshit meter, it was like my bullshit can filled up. I had to go, I had to go like dump it in the toilet to yeah, make room exactly. for more bullshit. And so, uh, Conyers goes, as God is my witness, those boys will never see combat. Well, then we go back to Tuskegee, and uh, the general comes, and he's has a very special guest with him. Mrs. Eleanor Rose Roosevelt. Now, is it Roosevelt or Roosevelt? I've always heard Roosevelt. I've always heard Roosevelt, but I've heard your sister say Roosevelt. And I believe Courtney B. Vance said... I believe Courtney B. Vance said Roosevelt as well. It's been said both ways. Okay. This woman didn't really look like um there was nothing yeah there was nothing, nothing. about her but uh, you know so um they think she's just come to see you know see the sights let's they look at the mm-hmm. they don't know about eleanor let's look at the colored flyers in their airplanes she goes no i want to go up in one and the and uh the colonel's like okay okay I'll take you. She goes, no, I want that person to take me up. So Hannibal Lee takes Mrs. Ruse Roosevelt up <laughs> in his biplane. Mm-hmm. And there's a picture taken. And Miss Roosevelt made sure that that picture was widely circulated. That I had tears in my eyes with that. She was like, yeah, I want him to take me up. Well, what do you mean? Because they were all saying that. They wanted to shut it down, and that's why she was there. And mm-hmm. and so she asked the colonel. She was like, "Well, how are they doing?" And they're like, "Oh, you know, they're doing as expected." And 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 she was like, "Well, that that sounds good to me. Then let me go up with him." And they're like, "What?" And she's like, "Well, if you've trained them well, what's there to worry about?" So. Lawrence Fishburne got the look like Poppy gave me when General <laughs> Shoemaker was coming up to us to talk to us. The look was, don't, don't fuck, fuck this up. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you do, don't fuck this up. <laughs> okay, I saw the stars, damn it. Okay, so I even wrote in here crying. Now we're in Morocco, North Africa, because I guess... If Mrs. Rosa Roosevelt can trust him. Well, yeah, because they uh, were getting frustrated because they're like, the war's been going on. Like, we've seen all these white groups ship out, all these pilots coming in and out, and we haven't shipped out anywhere. What the hell's going on? And then Roosevelt comes, and and then Conyers eats his words, and they fly him, and they're like, all right, they're in North Africa. So then they're flying, and they're doing these ground missions and stuff, and they're going on missions and they're bombing and taking out railroad stuff this is my question and i didn't get it answered when i tried to look it up Mm -hmm. was those were real weren't those real aerial footage nerd alert thank you 
Ooh, where should I write this down? So they used footage from um the limited number of gun cine films. So that was what they would do is that they had cameras on the planes and the cameras were triggered when the they would start recording whenever the weapon was fired. Mm-hmm. And that's how they would be able to tell how successful their missions were. So they used those films and they from and those were also used in Memphis Bell. So they used it from that and also from like the Battle of Britain. Now, did the did those films actually come from Tuskegee Airmen or were they just from the Army Air Corps? I think they were from like the Army Air Corps. Okay. Okay. I don't But it was cool to have real it was real footage you could tell. Yeah, it was real old timey footage and stuff. Definitely. And also another nerd alert, they made um they used cutouts of airplanes to make it like when the airplanes are parked on the field and stuff to make it look like there are more airplanes because they were able to use real Mustangs and the mm-hmm. other plane, but they only had like a limited number of those that were real. So they would use for the far away ones where you couldn't tell they would just use cutouts much like what the actual didn't the allies do that for real during the war they used cutouts and stuff of airplanes in in order to fool the germans into thinking that they were going to um for like when they were going to invade mainland europe that they put them somewhere else so that the german spies would be like oh they're Oh, I think they're going to attack here. So let's make sure we... Shall I ask our resident expert? You can, but I'm pretty sure Steven Spielberg told me that. Resident expert, did the Allies use uh, cardboard cutouts of planes to fool the Germans thinking that that we had more planes than we actually had? At a different location. At different locations? Well, they used them... Particularly for D-Day. Particularly for D-Day. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, Yeah, for diversion. Okay, well, Stephen and Poppy agree on that one. Exactly. Okay, so they they find out they still have their critics in the U.S. Because even though they're in North Africa, they still aren't getting to go up for the kills. They want some kills. Well, they want to be in dogfights. They want to be fighting actual pilots. And here is something where I had to step in. And because at one point, Lawrence Fishburne, is there, he's getting frustrated because these are all these ground missions. He wants to get into dogfights and stuff. And I would have been the pilot that was like, you know, guys, we got, okay. a, we got a good thing going here. We're going on an airplane. Yeah. We're flying an airplane. We're just hitting stationary targets and we're flying back in one piece. I'm, I'm yeah. fine. I'm fine with this. It's okay. <laughs> now something did happen here that I do want to talk about. Um, there is a, there is a scene where someone is painting Lieutenant Lee's name on his airplane. Ah, yes. And he goes, wow i've never had my own plane before and the guy goes hey it's not your plane it's it's my plane i'm your ground crew the plane belongs to me you just get to borrow it yeah i just let you fly my plane exactly exactly Mm -hmm. okay so now we're back in washington dc and they want to abandon the project because 
Um, they've kept them out of the fight, but they are saying that they don't have any statistics that are saying this is worth holding on to. Oh, it's so, just classic America. Ca- catch 22. You, you aren't giving them the opportunities and you're saying they can't continue because they haven't shown themselves in opportunities you haven't given them. Mm-hmm. That's when we meet Andre Brower. Oh, now, Lieutenant Colonel Ben Davis. This Go. film is based on a true story. However, all of the characters like Hannibal, A-Train, they are all compilations of real characters that William served with, except for two characters that are real. Uh, Eleanor Roosevelt mm-hmm. and Andre Brower's character. Yeah. Benjamin the- O. Davis Jr. Lieutenant Colonel. Lieutenant Colonel Benjamin O. Davis Jr. Right. Well, but he became a full colonel. Did yeah. he become a general? Um, but there had already been a black general. Was I don't it, know. Um, moment. Puppy, who was the first black general? Okay, he doesn't remember. But remember, it was either it was either Courtney B. Vance or, or Lieutenant Colonel Ben Davis whose father was the first general. That was brought up. That was... Oh, who was it? Because it was the guy and he went to West... Maybe it was Courtney B. Vance's dad. I feel like it was Courtney B. Vance's dad. Because he also went to West Point and and, because they were talking about him after they first met him and they were like, that guy's kind of cold. And they're like, he went to West Point and the entire time he was at West Point, no one would talk to him. Because he yeah. was the only black guy there. And they tried yeah. to freeze him out. So, and he survived that. Yeah. So, yeah, this dude is, he is just as cold as he needs to be. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, well, who was it that said? He was a United States Air Force general and commander of the World War II Tuskegee Airmen. He was the first African-American general officer in the United States Air Force. So at this Who? time, Benjamin O. Davis Jr. Oh, okay. okay but at okay. this time, we see him. When we first see him, he's a lieutenant colonel. Yes. And then at that, by the end of the movie, well, when they end up going to Europe, he they go, oh, he's a full bird now. So then he became a colonel. Yeah. And then when it all was said and done, he had become a general. Somebody says, how do I feel about my country? And how does my country feel about me? Oh, well, yeah, that was when they were they were flying out and they were sitting around and one of them, I don't know if it was A-Train or Chappie, but one of them, um, they were telling the story of this guy. He was a yeah. black guy in World War One, and he came home with so many medals that he was like a Christmas tree. He had all these medals and he ended up being lynched with all yes. his medals on him. Right. And they were like, cheat, like, you know, this guy, he come, he serves his country. He does all that to come home and just get lynched just for being black. Mm -hmm. And they're like, why? Like, you know, we come out here and we fight and we do all of this stuff for like, why do we fly for a country that treats people the way like that treats us the way that they Mm -hmm. treat us? 
which is a very valid question. It's a very valid question. And they still, they were saying that they do love their country. It's just unfortunate that their country doesn't love them the same way. And it's like, maybe one day the country will wake up and won't. And then also, um, Lawrence Fishburne was like, yeah. And also, though, I like, he's like, I love the way the chain gang guys looked at me. I'm like, our mm -hmm. own people respect us. Mm -hmm. He was like, that means a lot to me. Mm -hmm. And they were like, yeah yeah and there is yeah this doesn't have to be your life okay well they finally become escorts in italy to the bomber pilots and the bomber pilots um like they they are still very segregated and the white bomber pilots are like you know we're all that very much like the air forces you know all the time and um I love my Air Force people, but they do feel that they're above everybody else. Good. And yeah, aim high, the Air Force. We get it. You take test yeah. well. Okay. And um, so at first it was like, I, I don't, I don't know if I want them escorting me because they were supposed to keep the the people who wanted to bomb them. Oh yeah. Away. And we had also seen this this scene where the bombers are going out and their escort doesn't even show up right. and they get everyone on the guy's crew get lit up. He yeah. like loses. I think he and the co-pilot are the only guys left alive. And it was kind of, I liked it, but it is kind of cheesy. This whole, this whole sequence where the bombers and how they're all getting shot up and stuff and they come down and the, and this guy's a pilot. So these are all like his friends and stuff. And I just kind of felt like he probably would have been a little bit more shaken up by this. But yeah. he was just standing there. And one of his crew members was just drenched over the machine gun over his shoulder. Because that's the way that the yes. shot was framed. And as he's saying, like, where the, where was the backup? And all the, I said it with more emotion than this guy just said it, by the way. Mm -hmm. They're pulling the dead body off of the thing. And you're just like, man. Yeah. <laughs> But I like that. I don't know. It, it was cheesy, but I still liked it. He's like, where well, is... And, and then even even the most racist guy was going... Because the um, the 332nd, they, um, they had their tail, the tails of the airplanes painted red. So they were the red tails. Mm -hmm. And um, so that guy is even going, hey... I want them to escort us. I don't care. I want well, those because, red tails up there because escorting when us. they were up there escorting and they weren't even assigned to this who this the racist dude who by mm -hmm. the way was a redhead and I would mm -hmm. like to put that on the back burner and just in the fur in the future kind of like because again I mentioned that I saw the help and Dallas Bryce Howard was a redhead in that and then this movie it's a redhead and I'm like is there a Wendy, thing with we it? love you. They were redheads. We're not talking about you. We're not. I'm just saying, is Hollywood depicting redheads as racist? It, oh. so, you know, that's what I'm saying. Because so far, that. all of the races also have blue eyes, I noticed. And then this guy has blue eyes and red hair. And I just wondered mm. if there was subliminally redhead kind of, because, you know, the redheads... They don't. They get some shade thrown at them as well. Yeah. Cast the redhead as the racist. Hmm? 
Well, um, I had stopped taking notes because we're more than halfway through our film, but... I remember, so lucky for us. Because uh, the, the red tails weren't even assigned to the racist redhead's uh, plane. They were just out there, and they, they showed, they were like, is that a bomber? And they're like, yeah, what the hell is he doing out here? And they're like, I don't know, but looks like there's some uh, Nazis flying over there. Why don't we go, why don't we go help them out? So they went, and they, they took them out, and then they just, like, flew on their way. And the guys were like, who was that? Who are those guys? Who yeah, are that's those? Who I want. What are those red tails? And so they land, and they're like, "Man, we gotta go." So then they're talking and talking, and they're driving out, and they see Lawrence Fishburne and Theo and A Train getting out of the plane, and they're like, "Excuse me, I don't even think they were that polite, but I think they were yeah. like, hey, boy, um." Do you know who the pilots are? These, 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 these are the planes. These, these pilots. Who are they? And they're, they saved the, our ass up there. And there, the three of them are like, well, that would be us. And man, the redheaded is like, get out, get out of here. He looks around and he sees there's nothing but black people, and he's like, oh my gosh, this is, this is, this is where the black soldiers are. And he's like go we got to get out of here and the other guy he's not so racist he was like oh man thank you yeah you guys are awesome <laughs> hope to see you again yeah and and he's and the guy's like come on get out of here and the guy's like what's what the hell's your problem these are the guys that saved us he's like it ain't right it just ain't right man and i'm just like tough look for the redhead mm-hmm. so well and then it, at one of the times Cappy gets hit. Cappy gets taken out. I'm mm-hmm. like, and now there are two? Jeez. And so um, it ends there, but, uh, it, well, it doesn't end there, but it ends shortly after that. Well, we might as well go the whole way because we'll A-Train gets taken out. Every, all of Hannibal's friends, they killed all the black guys in this movie. Except for Hannibal and Courtney B. Vance and Andre Brower. But mm-hmm. all Hannibal's guys got killed? I don't really think... I looked at the... They said that like 66, 66 out of 450 Tuskegee Airmen died in battle. I don't think that that ratio lives up to what no. this movie portrays. No. But they did say that um, when when they were doing, I don't know at what point this this statistic works, but the Red Tails hadn't lost one of their bombers. I heard that they didn't lose any of them. Well, that's been it's been it. That's up. It's no, his. They didn't lose any to the fight. Yeah, because they lost like twenty two or something. Okay. Okay. But still, even like 22 and not losing him to the fighters was right. still... Didn't, didn't lose him to the, to the Germans. Yeah. I mean, the best quote of the movie is that the very end when, mm-hmm. because they're, you know, they're, it's, they're like, all right, oh, well, 
you know, we have to say this scene because, of course, it's a movie and it's a heavily cliched movie. So there has to be this scene. It's the bombers, the bomb squads. They're in there. They're like, guys, we're bombing Berlin. It's happening now. And so they're like, here are your quadrants. You guys have to make sure that you hit this. We only get one shot. This is our shot to take out Berlin. We get this done right. The war is over. No pressure, guys, but there's a lot of pressure yeah. here. And then, you know, you hear the redheads like, um, uh, who's going to be escorting us? And they say some name. And, and everybody gets up because they're dismissed. And the redhead's like, um, uh, what about the, uh, uh, the red tails? Are they available? Because uh, <laughs> this is the super racist guy, right? <laughs> and he's like, uh, yeah, what about him? He's like, ah. The guy's like, are you requesting them? He's like, they're, uh, you know, um, uh, I got they're pretty good. So, uh, <laughs> you know, if you could do any uh, solids, I I think. Yeah. And at one point, there's there's a part where he was like, do you want, I think that because the guy's like, are you requesting the colored group? And there's a pause and it's on the guy's face. And I swore he was going to say, I believe you mean African-American group. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that didn't happen. And so they, they come in and then you see, that's when he's like full bird and he comes in and, and Benjamin O. Davis, Andre Brower, who, well, I'll say that for my least reheat. I'll ha- you have to remind me. I didn't yeah. write it down, but I just remembered it. And so he was. He goes, uh, we weren't assigned. We were requested. Yeah. And that's how the movie ends. Because their reputation of being badass pilots preceded them. And then they went on. And we won the war. And they won it. And they came home. And they were not treated very well by their country. No, they were not. They loved their country. Their country didn't show them the love back. And there is there, well, the last time I was at the Air and Space Museum, there was a big um, display about the Tuskegee Airmen. That's cool. I kind of thought I might have seen Grandpa Chico in one of the pictures at the end. Really? I don't know. Probably not. But I was looking. I had to pause it and I was like, huh. Let's go with it. Hmm. I don't. Was he that tall? Because if he was that tall. He was pretty tall. I know. Close to six feet. I think. I don't know. Might have Uh, to go look at it again. Maybe. Okay. Hmm. So. Okay. The Skeegee Airman. Later we had the movie Red Tails. Um that uh Grandpa Chico, who was a Tuskegee Airman, did uh, enjoy he liked how it portrayed the ground crew i think um but this one was poppy's favorite it was poppy's pick this week and i think he did great mm-hmm. okay poc account was pretty count was pretty hard to keep up with well, we don't, but in these movies we do the pow count well that's what i meant oh. there were a lot of them yeah, there there were a lot. We had the German prisoners of war. We had the whole uh, Iowa people saying goodbye to him. We had a whole bunch of like white people on the trains. 
then we had you know the eleanor roosevelt we had like the congressman we have like all of congress all white uh, all white congress we had all the white bomber pilots right so yeah there was a lot we had only one woman eleanor roosevelt was the only woman in this only woman in the whole film you know what? I was happy. I was glad they didn't shoehorn in a love interest. Yes. Red Tails did. You know, wh- yeah. what do we... Yeah. Come on. They need to yeah. They need to focus on flying here. There you go. Okay, so nerd alerts. We did have one. Do you have n- other nerd alerts? Um, You know, at this point, they're nerd alerts slash tasty nuggets. Okay. I believe. Okay, we can save them for tasties. Oh, okay, here's a nerd alert. Hannibal's first solo flight, when the guy gets out and he says, time for your solo flight, three circuits around the traffic pattern with full stop landings. And then the next scene you cut to, he's up in the air, and he's far above traffic pattern altitude. I don't know what traffic pattern is, but I did, when I was watching that, I did think... I don't think that's right. Mm. And then in Wikipedia, they said that any pilot would know that that was not right. And I was like, I'm no pilot. But I did know that that didn't seem like he was following the orders. And you're a pilot's granddaughter. so I got piloting in my blood. That's right. Okay, reheatables. Ooh. Okay, I'm going to do my worst first. Okay. So much smoking. Oh, yeah. So much smoking. And truth be told, I know that they faced way worse racism than was portrayed in the movie. Sanitized racism. Yeah. They didn't really want to make, um, you know, a large chunk of their audience too uncomfortable. I guess. Um, I have one thing that is in my best and my worst. Mm -hmm. Uh, I felt like they could have done a little more with the ground crew. Yes. And that's because Grandpa Chico was ground crew. So, well, he Um, did. He basically got the ones where he was like, This is my plane. And then we see him again. We see that guy again. Yeah. We'll just call Grandpa Chico. We see him again in uh, Europe. And, yeah. he, and they, when they have like their brand new planes and they completely the painted all of the back red and they're like, yeah, look at these yeah. bad boys. Yeah. Yeah. And then Andre Brower's wig. That's what I was going to remind know. you of. It was horrible. <laughs> it was so bad. It was so bad. Oh my he gosh. He could have been bald. Why couldn't they have left him bald? I don't know, because he looks nothing like Benjamin O. Davis, which that's fine. He's Andre Brower, and so I believe that he cultivated the Benjamin O. Davis-like, like he inhabited his persona, his body, you know? But he didn't need the hair. He did not need the hair. It was a bad wig. Oh, horrible. I just feel like when you can't get an an afro wig right you got a problem well but that you know what that was a that was a problem i think it's getting better but i would hear about that with people because the hair and makeup people because there's so few yeah they didn't know what to do yeah i didn't even think of that 
That's true. Okay. All right. So mine, I'll go with my worst because we didn't do the best yet, right? No. Correct. Right, my worst. Um, the whole tiny blood vessels that reason like science nonsense about yeah. why black people are inferior. Yeah. Just oh, so annoying. Yeah. Um, I already mentioned it. My whole John Lithgow, Christopher McDonald, the redheads, Dallas <laughs> Bryce Howard thing, <laughs> and just how important it is that like your first two roles that you really. Like that somebody sees you in, you shouldn't be a racist in them. Not the first two. It just really cast a shadow upon your entire career of just just side eye, like of okay, <laughs> watching you, Dallas yeah. Bryce. I I am. I cannot enjoy Jurassic Park that much because I'm like eh, this character may be racist. Um. Might have to give Wendy a side eye the next time I see her. Just, hmm, this is what Hollywood has taught me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, how they killed off all the black guys. <laughs> how they just had to, all the pilots had to die. Yeah, except Lawrence. Except Lawrence. And also, Lawrence Fishburne, I, I wouldn't, I love that he was in the movie. But I rem even I remember when I watched it when it came out, thinking, isn't he a little old to be playing this part? Because ah. he was in his like late thirties at this time. Yeah. Because I had already seen him in Boys in the Hood. He was the guy's dad. Yeah. You know. So yeah, then that was what a lot of people said. They were like, "Oh, it's fish." But now it's weird because. It didn't bother me this time because he looks so young. So young compared <laughs> yeah. to what he looks like now. Yeah. I'm like, I totally bought yeah. it. I'm like, that's yeah, a young Lord Fishburne. So it's interesting how that, and then when I do the math, I'm like, oh, he was old there, but I'm used to him being older now. So it works. It completely works now. Yeah. That actually move that into the reheatable. There it's you go. It's actually a better reheat. It's Chinese Watch food. Don't crack. Yeah, exactly. Okay, you ready for my best? Yes. Oh, my God. That bomber jacket with the what? limbs woven inside? Get out of my head. It looks oh so comfortable. God. Oh, I so want one of those. I do, too. Oh, man, that leather jacket and that limbs woven, that big collar. It looks so comfortable, oh, so warm. Oh, Wow. And then uh, I have two more. Mm -hmm. The the photo of Mrs. Roosevelt with Lieutenant Lee. Mm -hmm. And that they did at least include the ground crew some. Because yes. without the ground crew, you don't, the planes don't fly. Yeah, exactly. Who's taking care of them? Right. I mean, that was all, like, you know, they had only been flying for, what, 35, 40 years max? Wasn't that yeah. long. It was like the 40s. Or Orville and Wilbur was like what nineteen nineteen or something. It's not that long a time, you right? One one loose screw. Who knows yeah. what's happening? A challenger will tell you about that. Exactly. Jeez. So my best, of course, with those jackets. I want oh, those one. Oh, but you know what? I don't want a cheap one. I want like because those look nice. 
Oh, yeah. They looked, there was no pleather. No. Mm-hmm. They just looked nice. I will thank the cow and lambs for their service. And they were a little longer. Like, they didn't stop at your waist. They go down on your hips a little bit. I think we could pull it off fabulously. I so could pull that off. I could. I know we both could. We just couldn't share one because we're just different sizes. Yeah, that's true. You know who else would be in on that with us? Do you think Teeny would? I know Teeny would be all over that. I'm going to take a picture and I'm going to send it in our thread and be like, we're on the lookout for these. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Tax Gotta be refund. real lambs, little people. Yeah, I want real. Um. Also, the landing in front of the chain gang. I yeah. mean, that was yeah. great. I was like, wait until this boss sees who's piloting this play. (laughs) And then then I was kind of worried about the pilots. I was like, I think, though, if this was real life, I would be like, guys, take off again. I didn't really trust those guys. I felt like they would just shoot them. Yeah. They would be like, they stole them and just shoot them. And it would be that. Movie's over. Oh, so cynical. Um. And then the whole thing about like asking why they want to fly for a country that hates them. Yeah. That's, I mean, we, we still face that today. It's, you know, why yeah. some people choose to take a knee. Yes. But then one of my favorite reheatable was Andre Brower says it, and I believe it's when they are getting ready to go over to Europe. And he's just like, I don't have time to lay it out for you. <laughs> Made me laugh so hard because because he, that's such an errant statement. <laughs> yeah, and and Andre Brower was like, "You guys have been complaining about not seeing the action. I just went to Congress. I did an Andre Brower performance, and you guys are now in the shit with a dumbass wig on. <laughs> with a dumbass wig on, I was still able to make people forget this dumbass whatever it is that they take they glued to my head." I was still able to deliver a hell of a performance, and now you all are about to go into the shit. So I don't have time to lay it all out for you. Don't have time for that. We're going. (laughs) I love that. Okay. Anything else? No. Those are my reheatables. Okay. MVPs. Uh So my MVP was the quote: "We weren't." assigned we were requested Mm. because that showed a whole turnaround in a whole lot of thinking wow we need these guys if we want to get out of this alive Mm -hmm. (laughs) if we want it isn't about money at this point it's about my life who am i trusting my life to unfortunately when they got back here i bet some of those guys were the first ones to say can't stay here yeah, no. yeah, that was wartime. It it was like the the racial equivalent of gay for the stay in prison. <laughs> they they weren't racist when their life depended on it, but <laughs> as soon as they got back home to the U.S. and they're racist again. And then the real footage of of bomb of them but dropping bombs, and then at the end they had real photos of the real Tuskegee Airmen, which may were, include my grandfather. Were, portrayed in the movie and i'm gonna go back and find him (laughs) my mvp is mr angelo bassett courtney Uh, b vance because he gives two speeches 
One was a short speech because the I think it was the colonel guy. He was he was less racist. He kind of believed in the program. And then you had right. the major guy who was McDonald and he was racist. So both those guys give speeches and then Vance in his aviators and his pristine speaking and his b- beautiful posture says and just his line delivery. Oh, it's like, I love this. He was like, you just heard two different speeches from two very different officers. I hope you were paying attention. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh. And then later on, they're watching um, uh, co- like the combat stuff. And the film projector goes off. And the, cr- the major guy steps out. And it's just him, the lieutenant. And people speaks up and he says, I thought that like, no offense, but I thought that the other guy was going to teach us like be the combat instructor and stuff. And Courtney B. Vance is just like, um, he's like, um, there's only one guy here with any combat experience in this whole place. And then he gives this speech about how many like fighter uh, people he's killed and stuff like jets and all he just gives like this rundown of all that stuff and everybody's like oh shit this guy mm-hmm. and then this guy's like wait a second but they didn't allow black people to fly combat missions and then uh old iowa chimes in and he's like he went north yeah because yeah, the canadians were like come on you yeah. if you can fly you get get on over here my man so, yeah, he went for, I guess that was the First World War. He went up north and just took out people. Just blah, 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 blah. So he, so he, he became a Canuck. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Ooh, so he, come, he gets in people's faces and he's like, so if you think that I can't teach you anything, you feel free to walk on out that door. I was just like, Courtney B. Vance, ladies and gentlemen. And then also Andre Brower gives a fantastic speech. Um, to Congress that like the next speech like according to the movie he gives the speech and they're in the shit and that was a great speech as well Mm -hmm. brought to my it was a little dusty in my apartment oh yeah or your eyes were sweating Mm. they were spitzing had a bit of a workout Mm -hmm. okay it's time for my favorite Oh, but wait, and then also, even though this this wasn't said in the movie, but it was implied by the entire movie, the famous quote, there are old pilots and there are bold pilots, but there are no old, bold pilots. As Stick would attest. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Okay. Ma, did you do an all-white recasting for the Tuskegee Airmen? Because I was so humiliated last week. By who? Was it other people or did you feel humiliated by me? Because I just thought it was hilarious. I just, I okay, humiliated might not have been the word, but I felt that um, I had my come up and I had a little talking to last week. And so I decided to stick with the <laughs> racial um, picture the way it was. Well, just because it would be very hard to 
cast an all white Tuskegee Airmen cast. Like So I didn't. <laughs> all right. I'm a little disappointed because I was wondering to myself, is she going to recast? Huh. I mean She didn't. Okay. She went with a younger cast. Okay. But then I have a surprise for you. Oh. Okay, so my Hannibal, Michael B. Jordan. That's my Hannibal. No, it's not. It is Hannibal, Michael B. Jordan. Okay. Well, my Cappy, who was Cuba, mm-hmm. is no, John no. Boy. No, Cappy was Theo. Okay, then my A train. Oh, A train. My A train is Donald Glover. Okay, I could see that. My Cappy is John Boyega. Is that how you say his name? Oh, yeah, I forgot about John Boyega. Yeah, from Star Wars. And then I didn't do a stick, uh, but I did do the racist major. Oh, okay. Ryan Gosling. Oh, man. I like Ryan Gosling, so I don't know if I want to see him be racist. I think he could do it. I feel like I, you know, I didn't cast this, but I'll just chime in and be like, I would, I, I feel ambivalent enough with Ryan Reynolds where I'm like, Ryan, go be the racist. Why? Why are you ambivalent with him? I'm just, I'm not, I don't love him. I feel more affection towards Ryan Gosling than I do Ryan Reynolds. So I'm like, Ryan Reynolds, go ahead. Go be the racist. Have fun. Get it all out of your system. He could do it. Ryan Reynolds? Uh I think Ryan Reynolds would. I don't, you know what? I don't even think that Ryan Gosling would take the part. He would be like, no, that's too much. I'm not a good enough actor. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think he'd say that. I am not a good enough actor to play a racist. Thank you very much. I went with the blonde hair, blue eyes. So did I. Ryan. You know who we could get? (laughs) Damien Lewis. Because. Redhead. Blue eyes. Yep. Damien Lewis. Although he was Lieutenant Winters. Yeah, he was. You know what, though? Because uh, I knew I came to know him as Lieutenant Winters, I would be like, he's doing a hell of an acting performance. See? Whereas if I saw, if this was the first role that I saw him as, and then I saw Lieutenant Winters, I would always be giving Lieutenant Winters a side eye. Mm-hmm. That's just how it works, people. Mm-hmm. I don't make the yeah. rules. Okay. And your casting? All right. So for Hannibal. Michael B. Jordan. For Walter for Walter Peebles, I went with Daniel Kaluuya. Tell me more. The he was in Widows and he was in Get Out. He was the guy in Get Out. Oh, oh, oh yeah. That would be good. That yeah. would be good. For the lieutenant who was played by Courtney B. Vance in this. Mm-hmm. I have Sterling K. Brown. Yes, Mm -hmm. because he's well-spoken. He is. (laughs) 
were you people? <laughs> oh, man. Tummy hurts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really funny. If anyone has seen the second season of The Good Fight, that's really hilarious. Uh-oh. Um, for A-Train, I have John David Washington. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. For Cappy, you had a good one of John Boyega. I went with Brian Tyree Henry. Tell, tell me more. Brian Tyree Henry in Atlanta. He's Alfred. And, oh, okay. And he was also in Widows with Daniel Kaluuya. Okay. Kaluuya. For... For Benjamin O. Davis, I went with, if it was now, I was like, hmm. Well, I guess Lawrence Fishburne's kind of probably a little too old at this point. Yeah. And then I was like, no, I got it. Terrence Howard. Yeah. Okay. So Although we'd have to lower that voice a little bit. Well, Terrence Howard would have to act. <laughs> yeah. His, his voice is kind of high. Sorry. He has a little bit of a high voice. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and you have to darken you his eyes. You know who could do it now? Who? If we were doing a Hamilton cast? Oh. Taraji. Oh, we're doing... You know what? I didn't think of, like, oh, the Tuskegee Air Women. Air Women. Wow. Well, okay. Ooh. I would go... Other thing. People's would be I would go Peebles Janelle Monet. Oh yeah. Mm. I wouldn't want her to burn up. Well though. well, okay. but that's the role. Okay. Okay. Hannibal. Hmm. Viola Davis is a little old. So But black don't crack. She I can know. look young. You know what though? Hannibal? Hannibal in my gut? I would go with either of the Reginas, but more I would. Pr my first choice would be Regina King. Second choice, R Regina Hall. Yes. Yeah, I would go Regina King too. Uh, Regina Hall would have a, a a role in there. Oh, she would definitely. She might yeah. be. Oh, she could be A Train. She might have a lot of fun being A Train. Yeah, she would be. Mm -hmm. Or Cappy. I would just be like, look. I would. I would just give the roles to both of them and be like, Miss Hall. Miss King, you two, Duke what would you like? Who would you like to play? And yeah. we'll just let them pick. That's true. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yes. Okay. Is that it for yours and our uh, female cast? Well, I mean, because I was just doing it off the dome and stuff. So it was, a, oh, you know who I would play? Have be Mackay Pfeiffer's character is Latina. Uh, Tisha Wright, I think, is her name. She was the sister in Black Panther. Oh, yeah. It does all the science stuff. Yeah. I'll have her. Okay, well, surprise to you and our listeners, since it was Poppy's pick, Poppy did a recasting. What? He did, and he got so into it. So I'm going to save Hannibal for last. Okay. And we didn't do everybody, okay. but um, the, her hardest one was Eleanor Roosevelt. 
Yeah, Eleanor Roosevelt's... I know who I would cast now to be Eleanor Roosevelt. We cast Margot Martindale. Okay, I could see that. Who would you cast? I... She just popped into my head. Olivia Coleman. <gasps> That's it. Mm-hmm. Nail on the head. Mm-hmm. Nail on the head. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the major, Poppy said he could go two ways with it. Mm-hmm. So one way would be Walter Goggins. Oh, see, Walter Goggins. He's yeah. real good at being racist. He is indeed. But he's also extremely charming. Where he... Yes. We might have to have a Walter Goggins award for most charming racist where yeah, I'm not even yeah. mad when I see Walter Goggins, even though I'm kind of like, you're really good at being a racist. I, yeah. Hmm. But he's, he can be so funny. He's too. fantastic. Now, Poppy also went in the way of just the jerk. Ah. And the jerk is, he said, any of the Baldwins. <laughs> I said, Stephen Baldwin. Come on. Well, yeah, and Alec has those blue eyes. Okay, so um, the guy who crashed, what's his name? Which one? They all crashed, Max. Oh, the, the original one, Stick. Well, Mackay Pfeiffer crashed first. And then okay, I'm going, but, but the, okay, but the Pe- Walter one. Peebles. Yes. Walter Peebles. Poppy cast Tyrese. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Now, he had three different people to be Cuba Gooding Jr. Oh. That's how much he got into this. Wow. First, he went with... First, he went with Michael Ely. Yes. Oh, yes. Because black... See, that's the thing. Black don't crack. But yeah, Michael Ely. Yeah. Then he went with O'Shea Jackson Jr. Now, that's really... Wait, which character are we talking about now? Uh, Cuba. Oh, yes. He would have been a real good A-Train. He's really good. I keep forgetting about him. Yeah. I know. I, I feel awful. I look, my search engine, if I die, people are going to go, oh, my God, she was obsessed with black actors. <laughs> she was I keep obsessed with black, black men. Jeez, <laughs> lady. Well, I she's mean, got a type. How many times a week do you have to look up black actors? <laughs> And then his third choice was T.I. I like O'Shea Jackson. Yeah, he did too. Yeah. Now, are you ready for Hannibal? <laughs> I don't know if I am. Idris. Idris Elba? Yeah. <laughs> it is pretty good. But Idris Elba's like pushing 50. So Who cares? He would be on the screen almost every scene. I think it would, like Idris Elba, sh- like as the Courtney B. Vance character, or as Benjamin O. Davis. I mean, yeah. Benjamin, yeah. like it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, Michael B. Jordan. Okay, our dream cast. Michael B. Jordan is Hannibal. Yeah. O'Shea Jackson Jr. is Cuba. Yeah. Um, who did you say was Eleanor? I said Olivia Colman was Eleanor. Yeah. I also thought of the woman. We saw her in a or young her in a movie, and you were talking about her, her side eye, and she was in. Uh, she was the bad guy in Dexter. 
Oh, she was in the verdict, and yes. she was the girl. Well, oh, Charlotte Rampling. Charlotte Rampling. Charlotte yeah. Rampling could, yeah. Yeah, she could do a good job. She of that. would be really good. Yeah, that's true. Okay, well, that was fun. That, that was is, fun. That was nice. So we would we would have Stephen Baldwin be the asshole because we still like Walter Goggins. I would put Walter Goggins in it, but I but he's just the the one of the weird outliers of. Like yeah, he plays a lot of racist characters, but I I don't I really enjoy him. I, I know, except for when he's being racist. But he okay, does it with such a joie de vie that I he I'm like damn he's good he's yeah. getting me to I enjoy how am I enjoying this racist? And like in Vice Principals when he was a totally ridiculous character, he's fantastic. You didn't care that he was a totally ridiculous character because he was so fun to watch. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, that was just fun. So your tasty nuggets. Oh, my tasty nuggets. All right. Well, so um, HBO made this movie. They gave it an $8.5 million budget, which made it at the time the most expensive telefilm to date because they wanted it to be historically accurate. Oh. And I like their like their costumes and everything. I didn't feel like any. I felt like, oh, wow, they really, you know, they went to great pains to to make the costumes. Like the costumes looked great and stuff. The wig, oh, no, jacket. but the jackets and like their whole like flight suit get up and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Those flight suits still look uncomfortable to me. I always feel like the crotch is a little high for the men. Yeah, I don't know. Ouch. Okay. Um, Mackay Pfeiffer's character, he that was one of my, because it was so weak, like the reaction to it, when Mackay Pfeiffer is doing the, the lyrics of Strange Fruit, which was a song sung by Billie Holiday in 1939. And it yes. was a po- came from a poem written by Abel Maripol, who was a Jewish teacher from the Bronx in 1936. And he wrote it under the pen name, Lewis Allen after he witnessed the lynchings of Thomas Ship and Abram Smith in Marion, Indiana. Indiana. Well, Indiana is the home of the Klan, I do believe. So. So there's that. Yeah, because he was he did like the strange fruit and then he told the story like this. And they were like, did you learn that in English lit? Because he was an English lit major. And he was like, no, I'm my grandpappy's. Laugh. Well, my grandpappy's knee. Yeah, because he was like, Master turned to me and said, to, and I, it was like creepy. <laughs> and, they, yeah. and they even said, they were like, a ah, hell of a bedtime story, buddy. <laughs> Jeez. Um, the sinking of the destroyer that they depict in that, and they show the footage, that was real footage of a destroyer being destroyed. Destroyed. But it was a Japanese destroyer and not a German oh. one. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, it was shot at Fort Chaffee outside of Fort Smith, Arkansas, and the same barracks were used nice. in Bulluxy Blues. I remember yeah, the- you saw that in the 80s. Yeah. Um, let's see. Straighten Up and Fly Right. That was a mm-hmm. song in 1944 by the King Cole Trio, which was fronted by one Nat King Cole. Oh. 
Um, let's see. It won the Peabody Award in 1966. The Peabody what? Award honors the most powerful, enlightening, and invigorating stories in television, radio, and online media. In 1966? 1996. Okay, cause that was that was like 30 years later. It came out. It was ahead of its time. <laughs> it this movie should have been made in 1966. Never would have happened, but it should have. <laughs> um, three Emmys. It won for sound edit, outstanding sound editing for miniseries or special single camera production outstanding casting in a miniseries yeah special single camera production and both Lawrence Fishburne and Andre Bauer were nominated um it won 1996 image awards for outstanding television movie and Lawrence Fishburne won best actor in a tv movie or miniseries very good mm -hmm. That's what I have. All I had was that um, all of the characters were composites of various Tuskegee Airmen. I had except for uh, Benjamin O. Davis. Yeah. You had Benjamin O. Davis and Courtney Vance's character too? No, in Roosevelt. Roosevelt, that's yeah. right. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I, I thank Poppy for his recommendation, and I hope we did it proud. I, I enjoy that movie. I recommend it. It's on Amazon Prime, or if you have HBO, it's on HBO. HBO Now or HBO Go apps. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Although, or okay, my I, the thing, I just forgot real quick. Um, I was torn between not liking it and then kind of liking it, the music. I thought I thought that the music was a little over the top most of the time. Okay, that's funny because during an aerial run, I noticed the music, and I remember you saying, "If you notice the music, then you shouldn't be noticing the music." Well, if you notice the music and you notice it because you like it, like you're like, oh, "I really like this. That's a nice melody and stuff." Then it's okay. But if you notice it. Because you're like, this is a bit dramatic. All right, I get it. Ugh. Okay, I didn't. Uh, yeah, I didn't go into why I noticed it, but the fact that I noticed it says something. I mean, I noticed the theme from Jurassic Park because I was like, man, that's a this is a great theme. Yeah, I like yeah. this. But like this, it was just so. I I thought it was very cliche. Okay. And it really, but then there were some times where then by the end it kind of did win, just win me over. I was like, I guess okay. it's just this kind of movie, I guess. Fine. Yeah. You wore yeah. me down. I'm like Peebles and you were like the major. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And next week? Next week, we're going to go on an alleged comedy run. Excellent, because the next week we're going in a totally different direction. Go this, ahead. This is also from 1989. 1989. This was directed by one of the biggest stars at the time. It has two comedy legends in it. 
Okay, so one is Eddie Murphy. Yes. And the other is, wait, not Richard Pryor. What I'm did you say? It. Richard Pryor? Uh-huh. There's an Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor movie? Eddie, an Eddie Murphy film. Eddie Murphy directed this. What? Yes, it has a 25 on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> but I'm very curious because I wonder, does it deserve the 25 or is that are people just hating on it? Because it is, Eddie Murphy directed it. Yes. It is called Harlem Nights. Wait, we, we've seen Harlem Nights, have we not? I haven't seen Harlem Nights. I... I might have back in 1989. I think you probably did because it was probably a big deal. Harlem Nights, starring Ed, directed by Eddie Murphy, starring Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor. I imagine that you would see it. Richard Pryor. God. I, I wanted to see this movie for a long time. Ever, And then when we were doing like trading places. Places. <laughs> I was Still like, I was like, oh, he directed a movie, Harlem Nights, and I'm like, I'm doing that Black History Month. Excellent. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, I don't know how quote unquote good it is. Hey, but that's are why we I want to. No, Richard Pryor yeah. and Eddie Murphy in a movie that sounds like they're gangsters. Sign me up. Was this Eddie? Was this Richard Pryor before he dunked the Oreos in the milk? I don't know when he dunked the Oreos in the milk. Well, that's when he exploded and caught on fire. Well, you know what? That's going to be a tasty nugget that we find out next week. During All righty then. Harlem Nights, it's going to be fun. You know, no matter what, it's going to be fun. And I'll bet we're not going to have to talk about redheaded people. <laughs> I hope I hope that the racist in the movie is redheaded. <laughs> Redheaded and blue eyed because I'd be like, oh my, it is. They oh, are subtly Wendy, planting you. this in us. <laughs> these oh. these white Anglo Saxon Protestants with their blonde hair and their brunettes and their eyes, their green eyes and stuff, they are pinning all of America's ill will on the blue eyed redheads. Wow. <laughs> All righty then. Those <laughs> Irish Catholics, you know. Man, you know what? The Irish were right. They have gotten the raw deal. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that. I'm Irish. You do have Irish in you. I, Wait, did that come up? Yeah. Okay, I, got, okay. I got everything in me except for Native Australian, um, the India, and like a swath of Northern Russia. That's, ah. that's all I don't have. Everything else I got. You, you Everyone's got fair game. All right. Okay, next week, Harlem Nights. Sounds fun. All right. Bye-bye.